30 minutes to get there, and I listened to only that song all the way over. So that means I listened to it like five times back to back. And uh, y'all can laugh at me about that. I don't care. Uh, because, man, I, 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 I want you this morning to trust the Lord. I don't know how many of you were really excited to turn the page on 2018. I was. Uh, I'm not ashamed to say that I was ready for 2018 to be over with. Uh, hard. About last year and a half has been very difficult for Sherry and I, we both have experienced uh, a lot of trials. Uh, a year ago from yesterday, uh, Sherry's dad passed away after a bout with dementia. And then in February, my dad, uh, we don't know exactly what happened, sudden onset of dementia. He fell, but that wasn't the problem. I, we don't know what happened. And uh, you guys have prayed for us. Thank you so much for that. But and he, we were able this past Sunday, uh, that's where we were last weekend on Saturday and Sunday, we went back and uh, got to be with them. It's, been, uh, it's interesting. It's hard to be away. We go in, uh, Sherry and I talk about it. Some of you are like, Hey, man, you get to go back to West Virginia. It's like a big old family reunion. Uh, Sherry and I, we consider it almost like a missions trip. We, it's been really hard on mom. And um, she's, you know, it's, they're, they're in their 80s. So, yes, it's been hard for them. Um, they're still at home and really, you know, just, but we, we kick in when we get there. We try to give respite to the other parts of the family. And, uh, you know, that's that's been, but then on the other side of that, we could also say we celebrated 30 years of marriage this past year. We had a great trip, and we were able to do that. We have so many years to be, oh, you can clap for that, yeah. That's, praise God. There's probably a lot of people saw it. I never saw that coming, but uh, yeah. No, I mean, I, you know, and just everything. You know, and I got four kids, so, you know, all the things that happen in life. You know, there's a lot of things just like you. And I know I share this with all of you because I know you have those same trials and challenges. And, um, I, and we just, and then Sherry's mom passed around Thanksgiving. I was like, what? And just everything. And we've had other family situations that have been challenges for us, and like you have. And uh, one of the things I think Sherry and I, and I, I, I've been thinking about this sermon for a while. And I realize if I, if, I, if I talk to you about what God was doing in my life, I, I, I might never get to a scripture. I would, might use some scripture, but I'd never really get to it. Uh, so I, I won't belabor that. But I will, know, I will tell you that God's kind of reshaping my life. I think that's one of the things that Sherry and I, that he's kind of reshaping us. And I don't know what all, but I, I, I want you to know something. I don't know what all is going on. I, I, have, a, I have a pastor uh, who I love very much. His name is Don Finto in Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, he considers himself a, 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 an apostle, someone who has, is, leads leaders. He pastors pastors. And, uh, and he, he, he has this thing called Caleb Company. And I was, I was going, walking through some stuff in November, and I was looking at him. And, man, I remember one time I had some notes on something he had said, and I just was like, yeah. But he calls his, his ministry Caleb Company. And I was like, man, that's, 
I'm getting old enough. I, I was in my 20s when I got together with him. I was before I was even in youth ministry. And I'm like, yeah, man, I'm getting older. I want to be like Caleb. And I, I want to say to you, I want to be like Caleb. I want to be like Caleb too. You remember when the children of Israel were led out of Egypt? Moses led them. And then they came up to the promised land and they sent out the 12 spies. And 10 of them came back and they were like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Too much. They're big. Uh, there's no way we can do this. What have you gotten us into, Moses? But then there were two. There were two spies that gave a good report. And Caleb was one of them. And so, I mean, they're about to stone the leaders. And I mean, the leaders are falling on their face pleading with God not to just wipe them all out and everything. And then in verse 24 in Numbers 14, it says, However, my servant Caleb, because a different spirit is with him, and he is wholeheartedly behind me, I will bring him into the land where he went. His offspring will inherit it. I want to be like Caleb. You might say, well, how does, what does that mean? I want to challenge old people to keep taking their mountains even in their old age. Caleb's descendants inherited the land. I want to be like Caleb. Caleb is repeatedly described as a man who is wholeheartedly devoted to the Lord. I want to raise up a company of kingdom warriors who would give their lives to a wholehearted pursuit of Jesus. And so as I stand here today, as God's reshaping me and all the ups and downs, I remember after, some, after her mom died and we were together and there was some other bad news and we were just kind of privately kind of at home and we kind of looked up at each other like, What's going on? Sherry said, I still believe. Uh, many of you are not old enough, but has anybody ever heard the song, I Still Believe by Rust Taff? Uh, yeah, I got some hands, yeah. It's a great song. By the way, he redid it in 2018. It's pretty good. Uh, the song is great. And when she said that, I was like, oh, yeah, we've always liked that song. And what she was saying was, I'm still holding on. I'm still believing. Though the earth be shaken, though it's being moved, I will steep, keep moving on. I want to be like Caleb. And I do. I want, I want to believe God's word more than I want to believe my own emotions and my feelings. I want to boldly declare that I'm becoming more conformed to Christ every day. The Word of God and the Spirit of God are working in me to produce His nature over time. I, I want to declare and I want to believe and I want to keep moving and have us know that my, my future is secure no matter what happens. I don't want to dwell on the past. I want to know that God is doing a work today on this day and I want to be a part of what he's doing. I want to be a man after God's own heart. And I don't want to depart from that. 
until God has accomplished his purpose for me in this generation, until I've declared God's glory to the next generation. I want to live in a constant expectation and confidence that the kingdom of God is, a, is advancing across the globe and it's reaching the remotest areas of the world. No matter what happens in our country, no matter what's happening, I am going to listen to what God is doing and I want to listen to the good report. I want to live daily in prayer and with thanksgiving and ultimately see all of this come to fullness. And you may think, oh, aren't you full of yourself this morning? I base that on those scriptures right there. I want to live my life not based on just what's happening or with discouragement over things that didn't happen that I thought were going to happen or the way they were going to happen. So what I came here today for you in the time I have remaining and buckle up because I'm going to maybe kick into some West Virginia talking because when I talk West Virginian, I go a lot faster. But when I'm going to talk to you, I want, I came here to push you today. Students, I came here to push you a little bit. I want to push you into a new year. I want to nudge you a little bit. And I want you to be encouraged to t today. So I want you to turn to Joshua chapter 6. We're going to read a lot of this story. Yeah, I could have cut some parts out. And yeah, I could have maybe only read one or two verses or something. But I'm going to read this. We're going to trust God that, first of all, my words are going to just pass away. But the word of God will never. So we're going to listen to what Joshua 6 says in this narrative where the children of Israel have passed into the land, those promised, and Jericho is in front of them. Now, Jericho is a small city. It's not a big city. But it's got high walls. It's got really high walls, well defended. So now Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. So because of the presence of the people of Israel, they've shut the whole place, all the gates, locked the place down, and none went out and none came in. And the Lord, he says to Joshua, see, I have given Jericho into your land. If you look in the uh, original language, it actually has that nuance, of course, of past tense. Nothing's happened. He says, I have given you Jericho into your hand with its king and mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all the men of war going around the city once. Thus shall you do this for six days. Seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. On the seventh day, you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. And when you make a long blast of the ram's horn, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, then all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall down flat. And the people shall go up, and everyone straight before him. So this is what the Lord told him. So Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant. Let the seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Ark of the Lord. And he said to the people, Go forward, march around the city, and let the armed men pass on before the Ark of the Lord. And just as Joshua had commanded the people, by the way, 
he didn't tell them how long they were going to do this. Do you all notice, notice that? He didn't tell them, hey, he didn't give them all of it. He just said, let's just go march around the city. He doesn't give them all the details. And just as Joshua had commanded the people, the seven priests, bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns, before the Lord went forward, blowing the trumpets with the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord following them. And the armed men were walking before the priests who were blowing the trumpets, and the rear guard was walking after the Ark while the trumpets blew continually. But Joshua commanded the people, You shall not shout and make your voice heard, neither shall any word go out of your mouth until the day I tell you to shout, then you shall shout. So he caused the Ark of the Covenant to circle the city, going about it once, and they came into the camp and spent the night in the camp. Go on down to verse 14. And the second day they marched around the city once, and they returned into the camp. So they did this for six days. Verse 16. And at the seventh time, when the priests had blown the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Now you can shout. And so they have a lot of clarification of who's going to survive and who's not going to survive. And then in verse 20, it says, So the people shouted, and the trumpets were blown. As soon as the people heard the sound of the trumpets, the people shouted a great shout, and the wall fell down flat, so that all the people went up in the city, every man straight before him, and they captured the city. And I came here to tell you today, don't stop on day six. You who are older, who are in your 60s or 70s, don't stop. Don't quit. You who are young parents, or maybe even middle-aged parents like me, or maybe you're empty nesters now. Don't stop. Don't quit. Be like Caleb. Say, I want to see my kids, I want to see the next generation inherit the land. Don't quit. Again, I'm not angry at anybody but the devil, but I want to tell you right now, man, I hate, I hate it in our culture. And I want to say those words. I despise in our culture when people, their kids go off and they leave to college and they move out and they just literally unplug from spiritual things. Like, oh, we were going to church for our kids, but now, you know, it just doesn't mean that much to us. And I want to encourage you, don't stop. Keep on. I'm here to give you a push today. I want to say to you who are in high school and challenge you. So many, I, 20 years in student ministry, and I saw it. I saw it two times. I saw it once around their eighth grade year. When people were coming, they would grow up in church, they would go, they would go to church, and then they'd get to be about the seventh, eighth grade, and they'd be like, man, I don't want to be around these sixth graders. They could too cool for school, and all at once, they just kind of unplug, and they just, I'm out. 
or, and I saw it most prevalently when people got their driver's license, especially around that sophomore years, and they had a, maybe a friend that had their driver's license in their junior and senior year, and then they unplug. And I call that the 95-yard fumble. Leon Lett from the Cowboys years ago. He's running all those yards, all the way down, about the three-yard line. He fumbles the ball. Don't do that. Don't fumble. Don't stop on lap six. Don't do that. Keep on marching until you see God do it. You see, I am old enough now to know that starting something is great. And, you know, Dr. Fowler at my college always told me, Johnny, you're good at starting things, but finishing things, you don't, not so much. So my whole life, I've, I do consider myself a little bit of a catalyst leader. I love that. I want to be a I want to be an instigator. I want, to, I want us to start things, but you know what? At my age now, people who finish stuff, I appreciate that a lot more. I want to challenge you to be a person that finishes. Don't stop short. Your promises, there are people here that have promises that are unfulfilled in their life, and there's some not yet in your life. And there's always, listen, there is always a problem in your life. In your, in your life, and there's usually a problem between you and your promised land. How many of you have got a problem this morning? How many people got a problem? Anybody got a problem? Oh, we're in church right now, aren't we? We're just, oh, yeah, we got no problem. I'm good. I'm good. I, pre- I respect that. I respect that. I'm just trying to challenge you this morning. Everybody here, it's 100%. All of us got problems, 100%. Everybody here's got problems. We all got issues. But here's the thing that I want to challenge you in in the time I have left. And that is, I don't want you to stop. Don't stop. There are three things that can make you stop. First thing that could make you stop, and I know I used these, used these words before. I don't care. I'm, I'm, Bob Yarberg told me this past year, he told me, he's like, Johnny, repeat yourself. Keep doing it. We stop normally because we, so many times we lose perspective. Look, Jericho is locked down. It's small, but the walls are really high. And in verse 2, he says, I have delivered you. I have delivered you. It's past tense. The wall is well defended. What, here's the question for us. What do you do when what you see doesn't look like anything like what he said? What are you going to do when your life doesn't look like anything of what God told you to? He had told him before anything had happened, I've delivered the city into you, for into your hands, and nothing's happened yet. Sometimes, folks, and I know that there is a balance, there is the whole counsel of God, there is such a thing as wisdom. I want us to um, be a people of faith, there is the whole counsel of God. But I do also believe that in parenting and in marriage and in life and in work and in all of life, for us to be the people of God, sometimes you have to be ridiculous before you're going to be victorious. And sometimes you're going to have to parent a little differently. You're going to have to keep trusting God when it doesn't look like it and it doesn't seem or feel like 
what you're doing is getting you anywhere. And sometimes when we lose perspective, we are just, we kind of get lost. And what I have to do when I get discouraged and when the things aren't working out and I'm thinking, oh no, this isn't going to happen. Sometimes I have to quit talking about my problem and I have to start talking to, about myself, to, to myself. I have to start talking to myself about his promises. I mean, you guys know what I'm talking about. There's some of you here, you're thinking about you, and the devil comes along to you and he says to you, you're never going to lose that weight. Why do you even try? The devil comes to you and says, oh, you're not going to go to school. Nobody in your family's ever been to school. What are you acting like that for? Who do you think you are? So the devil comes to you and says, oh, you. You, you got that job. You're never going to get out of that. You just stay right there. Your kids are never going to get any better. You're just going to, that's the way it's going to be the rest of your life. And I want to encourage you today, don't lose perspective. Sometimes you just have to keep marching. And you have to keep moving and do the last thing that God told you to do. It's one of the things, the reasons that we worship here today and we worship every week is because worship lifts our perspective. It lifts, when we come in here, so many times we just think of self, self, I do, what do I want, what do I want, what do I want to eat, when do I want to do it, how do I want that, what makes me comfortable and everything. But worship, it opens my eyes that over everything that would set itself and it makes me realize that he is God and it gives me a perspective on everything that would set itself up against the things of God. Here's the second thing. You don't see any progress. You can lose perspective and you lose perspective in your life and maybe when you get older you do that. You're like, oh, what is, you know, and so you just think about, oh, no, it's not the way it used to be. Oh, no, it's not the way it used to be. Listen to me, students. I will guarantee you, when you go, if you go off to college or as you go off to work, you, I just want to warn you. I mean, God can do anything, and I want you to believe God for what he's going to do when you go off. But you're probably never going to find another first church of God. It's maybe not going to be like this. You're not going to be able to maybe find a group like you found back here. What are you going to do? Are you going to keep walking or are you just going to stop? And I want to challenge all of you the same as for our marriages. But we lose perspective, true, but we also, we don't see progress. You don't see any progress. So, verse 3, you shall march around the city, all the men of war, circling the city once. You shall do this for six days. And on the seventh day, then after the seventh day, you're going to, on the seventh day, you're going to march seven times. And then after that, you're going to shout. So picture this. Picture this. You're... You can't, so the warrior comes home, and he comes home to his wife. They go back to the, the, the camp, and uh, he's come back in. She's, she's like all excited. She's like, so what happened? How was, was there a battle? I mean, did you guys, what did you do with the wall? I mean, wow, what did you do? And he comes in, and he's like, I've got to sit down. And he's, oh, sorry, I almost knocked this over. Um, he says, uh, well, and she's like, well, there's no blood on your sword. There's no, nothing. What, what, what happened? Well, we, we walked around the city quietly. Nobody 
shouted or did anything. Well, then what did you do? Well, that's, that's, what, that's all we did today. And, um, I mean, can you imagine that, Sherry? I can't imagine Sherry, Sherry. I, I come home from work, and, and like, she's like, so what would you do at the church today? Well, I, I, uh, I, I walked around the church today. I just took a lap around the church. What else did you do? And my wife, is, she, she tells me what I should be doing. She'll say, you need to get to work, Johnny. Get to work. And I'll say, well, I had a meeting with this, and I talked to them, and I talked to them. She's like, oh. She just she sat around and talked. Well, you gotta get, sometimes you've got to get to work. I'm like, that's what, you know, I don't know how to monetize this for you. It's about people. But can you imagine on day three? I mean, she's, the day three. Well, what did you do today, honey? Well, we walked around the walls again. That's what we did. And this happened for six days. Here's the thing. Wouldn't you think that, like, okay, we're going to walk around these walls. But as we walked, what if when we were walking that, like, wouldn't you want some progress? Wouldn't it be nice to see some progress? So, for example, when I, we walk around once, one layer of the wall comes off. Wouldn't that have been a better plan? Like, that would have been better, Okay. So I'm walking, okay, well, let's just do that again. That'll be a second load of blocks that will come off. We will come back, and that will happen. The, the, the blocks will, the top layer will come off of the wall for every time I walk around. Nothing. Six days. Isn't that the way it feels someday? You're going to have to walk for six days. They don't even know how long and everything. And some of you here today are in day one. And some of you are on day four. And some are on day six in your life to what God has promised in your life. And sometimes you want to, listen, sometimes you have to walk it out when it doesn't work. Sometimes you have to be faithful in your marriage when you don't feel like it. Sometimes you have to keep parenting and keep being faithful and keep doing even when you don't feel like it. You keep being faithful. I mean this. When it's not going well, you still have to pray and march and walk with God. And so what are you going to do? whenever you don't see any progress or when things aren't going your way. You see, progress is really motivating for the use. Weight Watchers was built on this. That's what weigh-ins are for. Progress. Progress, that's what we do in grades. That's what we do in schooling, rewards. What are you going to do when you don't see any progress? You see, one of the things that I'm realizing as I get older is results and the outcome are God's and obedience is mine. Nothing was happening to the wall, but God was working in them to prepare them to take the city and be the people of God.
So sometimes you just shut up and march. You just keep marching. You just be faithful. And you, even though you don't feel like it, you just keep marching. Keep being faithful to what you know. Keep trusting God. Keep trusting his word in a world that's chaotic and confused. And somebody switched the price tags where they don't reward faithfulness, where they don't reward godliness. You just keep marching. Don't stop. Here's what's the tricky thing, is the third reason we would stop is you give up on the process or in the process, either way, because the process is open-ended. You see, we score life in finite terms, and we're created for the infinite. The kingdom of God is infinite. Some of you here, everything is a finite score. It's how you feel in the present. It's how things are going. And I want to encourage you, we live in an infinite process. You see, it's interesting. Uh, I watch one race a year. I, I'll just admit it. I'm not a race fan. But I watch one race a year, the Indy 500. I'm a Hoosier. I watch that race every year, the Indy 500. So I, my knowledge of racing is not... Now, I come from NASCAR country. I know that. But I, I, I do at least watch one a year. And I do know that at my house, when we watch the Indy 500 together, that there is a flag that signals one lap to go. That is the white flag. That's right, the white flag. And so whenever it comes down to the end, you can feel my family if they were out or if everybody was kind of disjointed and everything. When it comes down to like two laps, that's the last five miles. And so they, they, everybody starts coming in. And then when they come in, they stand right in front of the TV. And every year, at the final, when the white flag goes off, somebody has to be said, get out. I can't see the TV. What's wrong with you? Uh, we always said, better door than a window. You make a better door than you do a window. Come on. Everybody is anticipating this white flag. One lap to go. Isn't that the way we all want white flags? We all wish the Lord would tell us, hey, this is... This is the last lap before, this is the last thing before you get to see what God's going to do. Uh, this is what's going to happen. If you keep trusting God, it's next week. Next week, you're going to get your blessing. Hey, if you keep being faithful and you keep doing this, an opportunity is going to come up to you that God's going to bless you in a way. If you just keep doing that, uh, it's going to happen next week. That's why we wish it was in life. Life's not like that. There's no white flags out here going, hey, if you just keep, you keep trusting God, keep marching, here's your white flag. You're almost there. Instead, we wave our white flags and surrender. So I'm encouraging you today. Your promise is past your problem, and I'm here to push you. Why six laps and not one lap? Is God not big enough that we could just do this in one day? Can't we just do this one time? We'll do it one time. After we do it once, 
they will real. Would that even actually be more impressive if we could just he could we just do it once, and then we have the victory? Why six days? Why six days? And then on the seventh day, we got to do this seven times. Why? I have a feeling a part of this is that if, in fact, it was the first day and then the shouting happened and the walls came tumbling down, you know what they'd have said? We are great shouters. It's our shouting. One for one. We shouted once, one city, boom. Watch us shout. It's in- I mean, we can shout like nobody else. When we shout, walls come down. They walk around the city day after day. And on that seventh day, they shouted and the walls came down. And all the time, they were getting to know that wall. They were getting to know that wall. Getting to know that wall over and over. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 says, Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. And this is what I want to talk to you about, these final moments. What's your confidence? See, this isn't a self-help seminar we're in right now. Where is your confidence? When we come here together, there are two crosses in this room for a reason. Because our hope is in the covenant made out of the people of God through Jesus Christ who bore our sin and our shame and gave us victory, who overcame even death and the grave, that infinitely we will live with him forever. And so I know we are stuck on the things of this world. This is all we know, we see, we touch. But that cross is to remind us every person here was created for eternity. Our confidence is our confidence in the Lord. And so therefore, do not throw away your confidence in the Lord, which has a great reward. Listen, your own confidence, if you're full of yourself and you think, hey man, you know, I look in the mirror, I can, I think I can, I think I can. There'll be a day when you can't. Do not throw away your confidence in the Lord, which has a great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive that promise. What was promised? And what was promised to you was a life with Jesus forever. And the victory of being a part of the kingdom of God. Don't stop. Don't stop. You can't stop. You can't stop, man. Keep on. I came to push you through. You who are older, don't stop. Keep believing. Keep believing that a younger you're passing this on to another generation, that you're going to see things fulfilled that are going to be beyond you. Keep believing, parents, that even through the brokenness and stuff of life, the stuff that makes you want to quit, the things that don't stop. Keep on. I'm going to ask that team to come back up here. And I want us to sing this. I know I'm over time. Hang in there with me, all right? I want us 
to sing this as our benediction. And I want to read this to you as we leave today. You want to stand with me right now? Lord, I pray against the schemes of the evil one where people want to give up. I pray, Father, that you would help them today to put their trust in you wholeheartedly. And I pray, Lord, that you would help, them, help every person here. Lord, we, so many times we as people don't have the patience. And Lord, so many times we don't have the endurance. And so, Lord, we pray that you would help us today to just keep on. Keep on. And Father, what's impossible with us is possible with you. So Lord, I pray that you would help us, Lord. Empower us with your spirit. Help us, Lord, to claim your word over our lives. I pray that in Jesus' name, amen. And I'm gonna pray this as a benediction. If you need some prayer, there's some, some of you here today that you need to go on lap one with the Lord, giving your life to them. There's some folks over here at the cross. If you've never given your life to Christ, do it even as we sing this song as a benediction. Some of you might be going through some trials and tribulations, and you're like, man, yeah, I don't want to stop. I need somebody to pray for me. Go right over there at the, to the cross. And I want us to sing this. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. For yet... In a very little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not those who shrink back to destruction, but of those who have faith to, preserve, to the preserving of the soul. Let's not stop.